Hey there, I'm Christine. And I'm Stephanie. And welcome to the Incremental Steps podcast. We're a couple of smart, curious women trying to strike a balance between career, family, and self-care while striving to leave the planet better off than the way we found it. We're learning that we can't do it alone, like most things. We need each other, all of us. So every couple of weeks, we're going to check in for support in these difficult times and challenge each other to find new ways to leave a lighter footprint. Hey, Christine. (laughs) How you doing? Woo, girl. To answer that question, honestly, may take longer than this podcast. I am um, surviving, and I am grateful, and um, I am glad that we are making this happen. I am, too. It's been a while. Um, It's nice to be able to have that opportunity to to just sit and chat. I'm really appreciating that now, and... um, I've got a couple of friends that I'm talking with pretty much all day long on text, and I really value that too. So that's something that is just going on. But I guess we could talk about um, what we could talk about. Well, absolutely. Let's do some I could talk about. I could talk about our currently lost podcast that we recorded before this that is somewhere in Zoom heaven. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Wah, wah. Um, I could talk about silver linings. Um, specifically right now for me, um, that is, uh, weekly campouts in the backyard with my family. Um, I could talk about a lot of grief and loss. Mm. Mm, sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could too. <laughs> I could talk about getting fired by text. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I could talk about the days because I did some research. Oh. Exciting. Um, okay. Um, I could talk about giant lettuce growing in my backyard more than I, I realized. I could talk about a surprise lettuce plant, lettuce plant in my yard instead of my garden. <laughs> as long as you have it, right? Um, I could talk about uh, how is it possible that I'm so busy? Mm, I love that question. Yes, let's talk about that. I could talk about a really exciting email I got right before I got online. Oh, oh, we're just going to leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't talk about it. Um, okay. I can talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about joy in the face of chaos. I love it. I can talk about self-care mm-hmm. in these radical self-care in these times. All right. I feel like we've thrown out. Got more to talk about than this podcast can hold today. Where do we want to start? Uh... I guess we could start with, let's, let's, go, let's go up. So I'll start, starting at the bottom, let's talk about um, texting uh, to getting, getting fired, fired by, the, yeah, by text. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's what I get for sheltering in place. Um, whatever. Um, it, I, I feel like I am the least uh, upset about this of anybody that I know who knows about this. Like it, I don't know. It doesn't feel that out of character for me. It, it um, and it solidifies the fact that I don't need to be there anymore. And oh. um, I know I had a very knee jerk reaction when you told me about it. I mean, I did too. It was yeah. crazy. Um, yep. But you know, I just, it's, it's so weird. I go right now from alternating daily and actually minute to minute from, oh my God, what happened? I can't believe this. I can't believe, I can't believe sheltering in place was such a big mistake too. Um, oh my God, I don't ever have to go back there again. Mm-hmm. I don't have to get beat about the naked head for no reason. Yeah. Like this is going to be okay. And I'm going to figure it out. And then almost as soon as I got the, the text, I had an offer for freelance work. So it was, you know, it was very, it was very instant karma for me, so. Well, and also, here's what I know about you, my friend. You have so many skills and are so amazing that yes to freelance and yes to finding a job that really supports you and your values. And um, I don't know, anybody that would fire somebody during this time because they followed the state's orders is just, uh, it's crazy to me. Of course, I don't think oh, go I don't think that's why. I just think that's how. Yeah. Like I, I think they. Yeah. I think I think it was time for them to close up, and that's what they're doing. I think. Um, but doing it by text after working there for five years and being yeah. a dedicated employee—that's 
that hurt. That hurt a little bit. I'm, I'm not made of wood. Yeah. And with that, I mean, that to me, that's just lack of integrity, right? Oh, I'm so sorry, my friend. That's so all right. Um, I was listening to our governor's, um, what do you call that? Um, press conference? Press we still conference. call it a press Thank conference. You. <laughs> I don't know. It was so hard. So Whatever it is. Um, you know, listen to that before we came on today about easing restrictions and doing a phase one opening in Georgia on Friday, even though our numbers continue to creep up and our testing has not um, even, I don't even think we're at 1% on testing, but all of a sudden we're okay. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. I feel like we woke up in the twilight zone. Like, what in the world? We just, we are toddlers as a nation. We have no patience. We have no backup plan. We have, I mean, I hope that this shines a light on how desperately we need to care for the workers in, in our country. They're the ones largely who are pushing for this. And while I think it's the wrong move, I understand why they're making it. I understand right. they, they're like, look, I'll risk it. I've got to feed my family somehow. Right. Right. And I mean, and not shining light on those very serious issues like healthcare and food insecurities and all of that. Absolutely. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you holding both in both hands. And I wish that we had had a better response in regards to testing and being able to test everybody. So we could, um, we could adequately or in a good manner, like quarantine the people that needed to be quarantined. Right because we're still mm -hmm. going to have some of the same issues. So I don't know. It, it really feels, I know we're in a time that none of us have been in before. And, you know, you had said you could talk about some silver linings. Yeah. So, um, you know, one thing that's happened to me that's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, to notice and pay attention to the things that I don't want to have change once the restrictions are lifted. Um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, so like um, one thing I know does need to change, like I need to get back into a schedule and we can talk about that more later. Oh, hold on. I unplugged my computer. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that, that um, I just, I, I get this opportunity. I get this opportunity right now with my family that um, I know I'm not going to probably get again. They're in college and um, you know, this is the time in their life to be too busy to be hanging out with mom. But right now they're at home with us. And so uh, one thing that we've decided to do as a family is have a camp out every Saturday night. And we uh, really, we were just going to do it the one time, but since that lady threatened to call the police on us, um, we've decided to make it a regular thing. <laughs> I and love it. And it's really nice. We really just have a good time doing nothing but sitting there just kind of staring at the fire and talking. And that has been a huge silver lining for me. Like, I really enjoy that. And I'm, I'm really appreciating that. That um, has been a favorite over here, too. You know, knowing how blessed and privileged we are that I live in a house that has a yard that I can go out mm -hmm. in and um, grow food in and have a campfire. Um, absolutely. I wrote about it this week. I was teaching a class using interplay and poetry, and I wrote about it with a, a poem, poem, not porn, <laughs> a poem for. <laughs> I mean, you do you, Christine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a poem form called um, Where I'm From. It's this whole project um, that started, I have to tell the origin story because I love it. So it's, it, was, it was highlighted and really made national by the Kentucky Poet Laureate. But it originally came from a member of Alternate Roots, which is an organization that I know and love and I'm a voting board member of. And it originally came from a response, uh, a poem response that she did to stories I ain't told nobody yet. And this was uh, Tennessee writer and playwright Joe Carson, who has since passed away. And she was a member of Alternate Roots. And then George Ellis Lyon is the one that started the, pro the project, the Where I'm From. And it gives like a template and you, you do this whole, it's really cool. It's kind of like Mad Libs for adults and Mad Libs for poets. And, oh, nice. Uh, 
And they have a whole website. And this was the email that was exciting that I wanted to tell you about. Uh, because I was on their website so I could share it with my, um, my class the other day. And it's called the I Am From Project. And I saw this little button that said, submit your poems. And so I submitted the poem I wrote the other day in class that was, um, I did it quarantine style. So, cause I have done this poem a couple of times about my ancestors. And so this one I did that was quarantine style and Julie Landsman, who is the um, project person with George Lyon wrote me back and was like, oh my God, I love this poem. I'm going to put it on the front page and I'm going to put it. And I was like, wow, that's right. Right before I got online. So I may read it to you at the end if we have time. That would be fun. Okay. That sounds yeah. good. So what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about bidets? Yes. I want to hear all about bidets. Okay. So I was doing a little bit of research and I want to pull up and give credit to one of the most, um, the, one of the best articles I found. Hang on just a second, and because I, I want to make sure I give credit to the person who wrote it. So Michelle Yan wrote this article. She originally wrote it back in 2019, but then republished it in March. And it was why bidets are better than buying countless rolls of toilet paper. So let me just give you a little bidet statistics here. Okay. Bidets have been around for over 300 years. The first known bidet appeared in France in the 1700s. People all over the world use them as standards in their bathrooms, but of course Americans haven't caught on yet. Americans use about 34 million rolls of toilet paper a day. So of course investing in a bidet can significantly lower your spending on toilet paper. Um, it is also cleaner than just using toilet paper and can lead to fewer instances, you're gonna love this, rashes, hemorrhoids, and UTIs. Some basic bidet toilet seat attachments can cost as low as $25 on Amazon. But oh, that sounds like literal, literal crap. That, well, that's gone up since the, since the pandemic, okay. I can tell you. I'm finding some for around $75. Um, so I wanted to tell you, though, about the environmental. This was really interesting to me. Hang on just a second. It's talking about bidets makes a huge difference. For one, it's environmentally more friendly. The bidet uses only one eighth of a gallon of water, while it takes about 37 gallons of water to make a single roll of toilet paper. Isn't that interesting? Americans spend 37 gallons, gallons of, water of water to make water a roll of toilet paper? To make a single, and then we're not even talking about the paper there, right? Um, Americans spend $40 to $7 a year on average for toilet paper and use approximately 34 million rolls per day. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's a it lot. Also, it also says you'll also be saving some of the 384 trees that are cut down to make a single person's lifetime toilet paper supply. So each person equals a small forest. 384. So that makes me sad because then I think about I have a family of four, right? Right. So that's. 1,336 trees. And I don't even know that that's counting like what I'm using outside of the home. I'm curious about those statistics, but I'm sold. From the research I've done, I, I want, I've already been talking to Joe about it. I want to figure out how to install like one and get back to you with some more, it wouldn't be hands-on research. <laughs> I mean, it will be. <laughs> so, okay, I'm sorry. I told you I wanted A to Z. I want to know all about it. So, you, okay, we're going to get into this. All right. So, you wipe your, you just shoot, you're just shooting water up your, at your butt. Some people do it different ways, right? Some uh -huh. people just air dry. And there are some bidets, like some of the Japanese versions, they are a little more expensive, but they even have an air blower. Like you can do water and then you can do air, which, you know, I don't know if we're going to be I mean, highfalutin at my house, but. Uh. <laughs> but now those are the ones that get into like 700 plus dollars yeah, though, they're right? Expensive. Like they're yeah. quite expensive. They're, they're expensive. Um, and you've got to install them. They're a separate right. item. Well, in that your is house, one right? of the things that my research showed is part of the reasons, there's a couple of reasons that they say Americans haven't gotten on board. 
So the, one of the first reasons is they were in a lot of European countries. And in World War II, when our soldiers came back from, um, from overseas, they associated, you're going to love this, they associated uh, bidets with whorehouses because that's where a lot of our American soldiers had seen them at. <laughs> and so that's kind of what I, I sort of associated that more with cleaning up your junk than cleaning up your rear end. Yeah, no, they're used all over. And um, so, you know, <laughs> how do you mean that? Uh, <laughs> all over this conversation. <laughs> all over your derriere or all over the world? What are you talking all about? All over the world is what okay. I meant. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so, so there's that. And then the other thing they said is as far as building codes go, like a lot of times it's hard to install because we don't have enough room, like the way our toilets are right. set up. But there's adjustments, there's things you can make that are just, you know, um, that you can install yourself from what I'm looking so at. So what are you, what are you going to do? You're going to do I don't like know yet. Probably, probably an attachment just because of pricing right now. How many bathrooms do you have in your house? Oh, I'm not doing them all. I have three bathrooms. Okay, so you're doing one? I, I think I'm going to start with one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can do all three. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if we talked about it on the last um, podcast, which is currently in Zoom purgatory, uh, because it didn't convert right. Uh, when we talked about, you know, three quarters of my business went away in one day. So I'm not going to be retrofitting everything. In, but I think if I start with one, the one that's most used is what I'm thinking. Uh -huh. downstairs bathroom and it's also our guest bathroom so then our guests have a choice or maybe they don't maybe I had all the toilet right <laughs> <laughs> note to self um <laughs> okay so all right so you're not talking about getting so I know there was one that was like a handheld device you add water to. You're not talking about that. You're talking no. about one that's attached to the toilet. Right. There was one. Now, of course, you know, since we've been talking about this, Facebook's been putting ads all in my feed. Like I've seen so many different kinds of attachments <laughs> in it. But there are some that you just, right? I love Big Brother. Say, oh, they're not listening. It's just the algorithm. Whatever. <laughs> So I'm just laughing at what your feed must look like. Right? <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Are you getting things like um like prune juice and <laughs> No, not yet. Not yet. Maybe kind of after okay. this conversation I probably will. <laughs> you will start getting I'm getting a lot of bidets, a lot of arts and crafts ideas. Um a lot, you know, that's what been getting lately. Well, oh, okay. I think I confuse them because, you know, I do a lot of arts and I do a lot of talking about arts and self-care. And so they're trying to well, stop okay, so everything right now. That seems like a reasonable algorithm assumption then that you'd be into arts and crafts, but it's just funny to me that it's also like, okay, she's, she's going to buy a bidet. We just got to get some people on board here. Right? Which one? Uh -huh. So oh we're, we're, we haven't sat down and had that complete conversation. I've just started opening conversations around this. And um, so I'm not exactly sure what we're buying yet. I'm curious to hear what happens when you roll this idea out to your daughters. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting because, you know, Alex did her, her she did her European trip. Uh, and was gone for a couple of months touring over in Europe. And so I really haven't, I need to have this conversation with her now that you, now that you say that. Yeah. We, we went Thank to France, right, but I don't know, a, five or six years ago and um, the hotel where we stayed had a bidet in it. And I really was like, okay, I'm going to, I, what do you do with this? <laughs> I just, I just wasn't sure whether I was in need of it or not, but now I have better understanding that it's not just for, Again, not just for your junk, it's right. for anything down there. Right. For cleanliness. Right. For cleanliness. So it's just for cleanliness. It's just for hygiene. It's for hygiene and cleanliness. All right. And you know, as Americans, we're such prudes. We have a hard time talking about all this stuff. So it's weird though, we are such prudes. I'm surprised we don't already have bidets. Everything's gotta be tidy. Right. Toilet paper, by comparison, sounds I, more right, of a mess. Interesting. Well, and it's also habit. That was the other thing when I was doing my research. It's like we grew up on it, and so it's habit. Like, I mean, that's another thing. Like, anything, 
I mean, I think this comes into the environmental conversation, right? And even like what we're going through in quarantine is like when we're so used to doing something a certain way, what does it take? It takes major disruption to change. Or what do they say? 28 to 38 day, to 30 days to change a habit, right? Good or bad. So, I mean, this is interesting. You said you could talk about the things that, that you don't want to go back after. I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to go back to an office. I don't want to go I, back to reporting to somebody else. That's the biggest one for me is, um, is just saying, okay, I did that for a while. I did it because it was, I took the job I had because I needed something steady. My husband's in sales and his income kind of comes and goes. We needed something to kind of level that off. And um, I was in a place where I needed the kids to be, you know, I needed to not have such crazy hours that I couldn't be there for them, but I also needed it to be really. And so now that they're in college and I'm not, you know, as needed to be shuffling them around and doing that kind of stuff. Um, and Steve is also in between jobs. So we're sort of sorting all of it out. Um, I really want to figure out a way to make it work so that I don't have to go back to that anymore. I'm tired of it all. Like I get really excited about the dumbest things. I get really excited about like, oh, I don't have to wear that dress anymore. Yeah. I can leave that in the, in the closet. I don't have to, um, you know, I don't have to spend so much time commuting. Yeah. All right. Now I get, I get to stay home and I realize how privileged that is. Um, and I acknowledge that but I'm so grateful for it. I'm just so glad I don't have to do that. It was such a drag on my, it was so hard to juggle everything and spend two hours a day in a car. Yeah, that was one of the first silver linings I noticed, you know, as hard as it was not to be in community with one of my groups, um, I got to just jump on the internet and be in community with them. And so that saved me an hour and a half to two hour trip um, because they were down in East Point and I'm on the North side of town. And, and it is also, I was thinking about this, like I had already said to you, I'd been talking about it for two years about needing more local work and meaning like mm -hmm. in my town or in my county versus traveling as much as I was. Um, and so that's one thing when things open back up, right? That I'm thinking about. Are there days that I can consciously not drive my car? Like I, like today was yeah. the first day that I've been in my car in about a week because we needed to go do the drive-through pickup for my youngest, uh, Sammy's cap and gown, which by the way, drove through, got it and cried all the way home. And, uh, just, she was such I can't a can't imagine. She's like, mom. And, and I said, I'm so sorry, honey. She's like, no, I've been crying for a month. It's your turn to cry. It's okay. <laughs> and so it was just heartbreaking and we just hugged each other and, um, you know, she seemed to be okay because, you know, she's actually getting something tangible and some goodies, which these kids haven't had any for a, for a month. And I think for her just being in the car driving through and seeing her school was also something, you know. Well, in her generation, it's all about the Instagram. Like she gets to take the picture now and post it and have all that and, and doesn't have to do a lot of the other stuff. And maybe that's, maybe that's not so bad. I don't, I don't know. I understand where you're coming from. So much grief and loss around it. It's very interesting. And, you know, I'm I so feel sorry. It's okay. We'll get through it. And I mean, compared to people losing lives, it's not, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm holding both and both. But it's, a, but it's a big milestone. It can be both. Well, we had talked about, I don't know if we talked about on this podcast, but I talked to you as a friend before about I was already grieving this year you know, um, prepping for this year, because she's my youngest, um, you know, she's senior, but it's not just her. I had a Girl Scout troop since these kiddos were in third grade. So it's about 18 girls. Like I knew that this was going to be a challenge no matter what. Um, and it's also, you know, we talked about volunteer hours and boards I've served on on the school and, you know, I am ready. Like, don't get me wrong. I am ready. I'm about done. I'm, you know, president of one board and they called today and asked me a question. And I was like, I'm about Hi. done. You just, Hi. <laughs> it was like, and it's the incoming president next year. And I'm like, you get to make the call on this one because you're going to be here next year. And I am not. So, um, but knowing that, you know, we've all been doing this 
for 18 years with this one and honestly 22 years because of my other one and so it's like holy guacamole batman like that chapter i know is women and women that have children that have come up through the public school system it's a chapter that's ending it's really kind of a whole book not just a chapter yeah i feel like i crossed that bridge in junior high by the time the kids were in high school i was like i'm done i was so angry i just didn't want to do it anymore yeah but but yeah i feel you yeah the other yeah well so another thing i don't want to give up um when everything goes back to normal is this is doing the zoom calls and some of that stuff like as, because i am also the president of the legal women voters in uh, where we live i'm finding we can get a lot done if we can do a lot of this remotely um, and it's more accessible and reaches more people so it will be interesting to me to see because i had a, a conversation today with somebody about um whether that would continue once the restrictions are lifted whether it's better to do something in person or online and i i think it's going to be a mix but i think a lot of it's going to be capable like i don't i don't know it, it's, it's accessible to different people yeah well that's what i was going to say i think there's a couple of things to look at here where we live it's very accessible right um but i i do think it's a privilege of technology um we've got to look at that because not everybody has the technology they need to get online. And then the other thing is people in rural parts of like Texas and Georgia, like their internet does not support, that's part of the, I mean, yeah. I, I honestly think it's tied to part of the reason we're in the situation we're in politically is because not everybody has the same access to information. And we take that for granted when we live in, in suburban areas and, and urban areas. I know some very, highly educated people that live in rural parts of Texas that they literally, unless they go seeking it, they do not get the same amount of information. And they have to pay such a premium on internet that they can't spend all the time seeking it that we seek it for the same price. Does that make sense? I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure I agree with it. I, I feel like, a, well, I, I'm sure to some extent that's true to some people, but I think some people will make active choices about what information they choose to receive. Yes, yes. But I, I mean, I know for a fact that the, it's not equitable. We know that. We can agree on that. It's not okay, equitable yeah. about access to information or access to even internet and broadband, depending on where you live in this country. Well, and I'm not, you know, my reach as a League of Women Voters um, board member is is not extending out into rural areas. It's right. just in, in a very densely populated area with a lot of diversity and it's a good way to reach as many people as possible. But I do think you have to be mindful of the fact that there there are there's also a large uh, poverty community in uh, in our area and uh, we need to be able to be available to them too. So it's um, well, yeah, it's going to be a balancing act. Disparities are being seen as we see these kids in public school that, you know, are having to be online and they're really having to seek out who has laptops, who has access to internet, who has availability. So I hope that we look at that as a nation and really pay attention to that. And, and also food insecurities, you know? I mean, we have an opportunity for growth here as people and as a nation, whether we take it or not, will be a whole nother, whole nother story. I have been very optimistic though about the fact that they've used the school buses to distribute food and they've um, they've made an effort to get uh, laptops to people who don't have them. So I mean I certainly there's a lot of again the entire social safety net needs to be examined closely and and uh, addressed because we've dismantled it piece by piece and this is what happens when you do that. You have people who would rather work if it kills them, then stay at home to, to save more vulnerable people. So, uh -huh. and I, uh, yeah, so the, the freelance work that I'm doing is, is listening to those people. That's the whole thing. My whole thing is listening to people I fundamentally disagree with. And, um, wait, wait, we need to stop. Can I just say right now in public that you're a better woman than I am? I just <laughs> want to say that right here out loud on this podcast. Stephanie is a better <laughs> woman than I am because as patient as I am, I do not know that I would have the spoons to be able to do that right now. Well, I'm getting paid for it, Christine. I'm not doing it for free. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, you know, it, I 
have to listen to it through a lens of real fear. Yeah. Of, of real economic terror. Sure. Um, and also the fact that it's being largely funded by, uh, the NRA. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, so there's that voice, there's that voice that's way over the top and is like, um, you know, we need armed insurrection to secure our freedoms. There's that level. And then there's also the people that are like, I I just got an eviction notice from, you know, my lender and they're going to close my barbershop. What do I do? And I feel for that. Like, I hate that for you. And you should have access to money to keep your business alive. It shouldn't be going to, um, I read some statistic that millionaires are getting like a million six out of the relief money. I know. Like, why? Why? I saw that. I just read, and I hope it's true, that Shake Shack is giving back what they had gotten through the small business. I read that, too. I think that's right. They are. That's true. Because, you know, we know and love some small business owners that are having trouble accessing that money. And um, and their businesses are on the verge of having to go under. And um, and it's just, whew, it's just crazy right now. It is crazy. And how can we best support them and you know, buy local and keep your subscriptions going if possible, if they're to local artists or local businesses and, you know. So that's one of my challenges. Like, okay, so moving on to challenges. I, this time, I have so many. Uh, so so one thing I need to do is to, um, I need to refocus on self-care. I'm finding that I'm starting to spin out. <laughs> I, I, especially right now where I'm trying to figure out what my, uh, what my life is going to be like now that I officially don't really have a job. I need to um, start getting on some kind of schedule and back to some sort of normal. And so um, that's one thing for self-care I want to do is just like get into a regular routine. But also, um, um, sorry, I want to see me giggle. So we're on Zoom while we're also listening to each other. And I'm sorry, you saw me giggle right there. It was the text coming in from my dad, of course, talking about our governor because he's already made national news. So. Your dad's talking about when you say our governor, you mean Georgia. Oh, yeah. We're both he, also from Texas. <laughs> yeah, so he's given me his commentary by text. Uh, you know? I'm not going to repeat it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting since Steve and I are both out of, um, both out of work. It's like, hmm. <laughs> do, I need to, do I need to live in Georgia? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Hope scholarship is such a bonus to us having kids in college, but um, I, you know. I mean, I, that's um, true. They could stay though. Yeah, I had always said, you know, we're here at least through our kids getting through college. But boy, this makes you question it, doesn't it? <sighs> yeah. Go back to self care. Sorry, left turn. Got that's okay. Distracted. Um, I want to spend some time. I am. I am really inconsistent right now about getting up and stretching and doing my time and really getting in there. So I want to get back into that routine. Um, but also just take some time to relax and do some stuff. Like I feel like right now I'm like, oh, I got to get everything figured out and I need to slow down and, and get on top of that. And I want to go on an Amazon diet. I'm really, I'm really having a hard time with how hard it is to be an employee there. And every time I order something, I just picture the person who's running around with insufficient supplies trying to gather that for me. So I'm trying to, to see Mm-hmm. how little I can use Amazon and, and that's just coming from somebody who's hardcore addicted to Amazon. So that's, that's, so that's my how you're going to challenge yourself. Yep. Well, you know, self-care is my jam. Um, I do yeah, that. I also, you know, I teach what I need to know. So it's, I'm with you, <laughs> on, <laughs> I am with you on the need to, I mean, I feel like I've been doing an okay job checking in every day with myself. Um, last week was really, really hard. Um, we lost a beloved family pet that was uh, our 18 year old cat. And that just took us out as a family. We did not function well. Yeah. And, um, and then we found out um, our puppers that was, we kind of called them as shared puppers because it was our friend's dog in Texas that we had kept for, um, like, I think Kyle lived with us for seven months, two years ago. I was going to say, it was a yeah. hot minute. Y'all were yeah. like seven, eight months. Right. Um, because they were traveling and then us getting back and forth. And, um, but, you know, she's part of our family for almost a whole year. I guess, you know, we, we could call her a foreign exchange student. <laughs> it was like that. You had a foreign exchange pet. Right. We did. And she also passed away last week. And, um, 
And then a neighbor who I adore oh, across the street from me moved. So last week was just full of loss. And so, you know, my self-care for last week was a lot of blankets and Netflix because um, it was what Aww. I could do and function and naps. Um, I did some stretching and I did some interplay. And um, and I, I have been, I want to say, um, give a shout out um, for meditation and Deepak and Oprah's meditation. Do you know how they usually do the 21 day challenges? I don't know if you've ever done theirs before. I know they have them. I've never done it. They usually do them. And what they usually do is, you know, yeah. they'll have three days up for free. And then like they either, I think it's like three days are open. And then the first day closes. And then the fourth day opens, they kind of do a cyclical. And then at the end, they offer you to buy the whole package. Well, right now in the midst of this, they did a whole free one. It's called hope in, in uncertain times. And it's all open right now. Days one through 21. So you can listen to any of them. And so that has been something I've been doing for self-care that I've really been enjoying. Um, put, put that up on our Facebook page. Yeah, happy to. Because it's really, it's, it's a short guided meditation. There's some words of hope. And, um, and I've really been enjoying that. That has been a good self-care thing for me. And I have been trying to get out and walk, but I have to tell you, the pollen in Georgia is trying to kill me this year. Like, I am having allergies and allergies and tacks. I'm like, I have, I mean, I haven't had these for years. And so, and I know our trees are just so happy that the carbon dioxide is out. I think that's it. I think it is. Like, this is a healthy year. I'm going to go for it. Right? The tre trees have that wisdom. Right? They are like just my whole front porch is covered in yellow pollen it's currently but i am you know i'm trying to balance that so i think i'm doing a little more treadmill mill walking this week than outdoors just because oh, yeah. i can breathe but um, i have a hard time with the treadmill thing and it's hard on my knees so i'd really yeah. rather just go for a walk which means every time it rains i'm out of luck so yeah i've been really inconsistent with that lately too and it's starting to show on the scale so i need to get my head around yeah. that but me too um Okay. I think about being gentle with ourselves. I think, you know, um, I think if rigid works for people, okay. But I, I want everybody, I was talking to somebody, I've been, I've been talking to a lot of my clients and friends that have been calling that have said, um, you know, what's wrong with me or, or I can't do this or I can't do that. And to realize that this situation is a trauma situation. Like even if right. you are just, being asked to stay at home and watch Netflix. Like it is the whole world is kind of on lockdown and waiting for bad news and looking at the statistics and look at the numbers and depending on how much you're plugged into the news or not. I mean, that's one of my self-care habits is I don't, I check the news once a day, twice at the most. Um, because if you, if I'm constantly plugged in, I just, I just feel my immune system going down. So I really, that's one of my self-care practices is to, I do check the stats. I want to see where the stats are and I want to know what's happening. Um, Cause one of the, I want to talk about challenges. One of the things I want to do is um, write my officials, my government officials about environmental issues. Uh, Cause what I've really been noticing is a lot of things are happening, especially on the national level and regulations are being released in the midst of this and not a lot of people are paying attention because we have this other big crisis and pandemic happening right and behind the scenes this whole other agenda is happening about de deregulating um the epa and other things so one of the things i'm going to commit to between now and the time we talk is to reaching out and writing some letters um to my officials and just telling them where i stand on some of that I love that because it's empowering and it's something that you can do while you're sheltering in place and whatever you're doing. Like it's, it's, it feels good to take back a little bit of control. And I'm, I'm with you. One of the things I had written down was a media diet too. Like I, I have got to rein in checking the news. I, it, it is not good for my mental health. Right? It's just, I mean, I can get, I can get the information without getting it over and over again. And even the, you know how some of the news shows are mostly fluffy, like right. silly. That just makes me want to throw a brick through the TV right now. I can't handle the lighthearted, hey, look at this person who put a song out. I, like that bugs me just as much as the bad news right now. So 
I have to tell you though, the one that gives me life, did you see the teacher with the ukulele? Did you see that one? No, I definitely didn't. Okay, I will put it up on the I will put it up on our social media because it is the best song on the internet right now. It is fabulous. If it's something that organically happens and somebody posts it like on Facebook or something, then I'll look at it. But if if Good Morning America is telling me I should want it, yeah. it just makes me angry as a journalist. Like right. tell me what the hell is going on in the world. Don't I don't I don't need you telling me what to watch on Instagram. Right. Well, that, I, that's, yeah. I think that's another reason we're in the predicament that we're in, right? Because we get distracted by China. Yeah, that's how you end up having to call your, your congressman because the media isn't telling you the things that you need to know, which right. infuriates me. So I'm, I'm not going to get in that hole. But um, yeah, I think that sounds like a plan. We have lots of challenges. We have um, lots of opportunity to be nice to ourselves. And when this is all over, we're going to be able to get together and have tea together once in a while. Oh, I'm looking forward Isn't to that. that. Exciting? Hike. You know what I'm really looking forward to is a nice hike. Like I really, one of my losses was spring break this year. Um, that, you know, we usually go camping or we go out into the woods and we couldn't do that this time. And, and I was going to camp in my backyard, but Paulin and I just decided that that was not a good idea. Yeah, that's probably not a good plan. We did some, we did some, uh, backyard fires, but, um, yeah, I I really am looking forward to a good hike and and getting out and going up north a little bit and and all these people who all of a sudden are on our trails who usually aren't on our trails. <laughs> what? Did you not see all that news? Like before before camp shut down for a little bit, um, people were flocking to the trails. Like they were they weren't social distancing and like people that um more than usual i mean oh, i mean yeah. this is this oh yeah is the at hike season i was seeing no no i was seeing like trails that usually oh 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 you mean like people, people going to parks and walking oh, in yeah. parks yeah 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 okay, they were more like amicalola falls and things like that like where you couldn't like people were everywhere and, i understand that impulse though because you would think nobody would be there you think it'd right? be a perfect time to go but everybody had the same thought so right um but yeah the idea that i could go on a weekday hike oh <gasps> Oh, it's so motivating. I'm so excited about the possibility of just working freelance full time and being able to take off for a little bit and do some things like that. It is so be a poll worker. I meant to say this to Sign you. Sign up to be a poll oh, worker if you can do it. That's right. Or or the other thing, one of my challenges is going to be talking about the mail-in voting. And you know, I did that. I sent in my application for my mail-in ballot um, this last week. And I want to make sure that everybody within five feet of me. That's only three people because, you know, we're physically distancing. <laughs> right. <laughs> They've done it too. And then um, talk to my friends about remembering to do that so we can manage. We're going to be doing, the League of Women Voters is going to be doing, we're going to have a, a Facebook Live Q&A session about all the stuff with the ballots in the new primary. And um, we're going to have a Board of Elections person there to answer questions. So um, stay tuned for that. That'll be the fourth. Okay. Very cool. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, I do have to say this one thing. You're saying that about freelance and most of the freelancers that I know is I'm one of them. We're all like, we should just get jobs. We should just <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> well, I think part of it is because everybody's transitioning their businesses online and it feels like, you know, it's, it's a lot of activity. Like, I think we're just all, I think it's human nature in times of uncertainty to try to figure things out and want change or what, what we don't have. And uh, so I just thought that was funny because you're all like, I'm going freelance. And, and I had a conversation this morning with a friend that's a freelancer. So it's like, we should just get jobs. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. Oh, we'll get through it. We'll get through that's it. That's right. The clients will be back. Keep moving and we'll install bidets and we will grow. Oh, let's do a check-in on our gardens before we go real quick. Um, Cause it is growing season. I have to tell you, I was out checking my raised bed, which has uh, mixed microgreens in it right now, which I'm just loving on my sandwiches. And I looked over and I've got this huge lettuce in my yard. Like it was a good foot and a half from the raised bed. And it was just in the grass, in the yard. I was like, because I was about to, we were talking about what needs to be mowed, what needs to be weeded, and Joe had evidently missed a spot the last time he mowed, and this lettuce popped up. It was awesome. 
So I kind of like just roped it off for him, said, don't mow this. I picked it, had it on my sandwich that day. It was great. I went out to the garden yesterday. We've had, I've got a keyhole garden where I planted lettuce and um, we had a little row of it and I was like, oh, that'll be nice. That'll be like a salad or two. Um, so we were going to have salads for dinner last night and I went and picked three big ones and it barely made a dent. I was like, oh my God, I have a lot of lettuce. So I've got to start using this. So yeah, so um, that's coming in real good. Um, the peas and beans I can't, I planted, they're springing right on up. So I'm um, very excited about that. For the, This is the first time I've ever successfully done these things. I've planted lettuce before and had it do nothing. Right. So um, I yeah. saw, my mom sent me this thing, which I may also put on my challenge list. I don't know if I'll get it done this week or not. She sent me this cool thing about how you take a bag of potting soil from like Costco. I, she said Costco, I guess, because it wants to be a certain size. And then you use duct tape and you reinforce the sides of it and you open up the top and you use a muffin tin to make indentations and you plant like your microgreens or your lettuce. And supposedly that bag will last you two years and give you more space, which I'm tempted because I have a big patio and a deck, which is one of the best places for sun in my yard. Whereas my raised bed oh, yeah. is a lot smaller. And so I may move my lettuce and microgreens out of that raised bed and put something else in there. So I'm tempted. I'm going to, I'm going to play around with it. I will tell you, I think it's a good idea if you're going to have something on your deck to have it be on wheels. Okay. Um, That's smart. Just, yeah. So, um, I, I got a kit on Amazon. So I think they have them at Home Depot. Um, that's just like a little, it's like a portable raised bed. You fill it up with soil and it's self watering and it's on, it's on wheels. So you can move it around if you need to. Um, but yeah, I have all the herbs up there on that now. So like the culinary herbs are in that, but yeah, Absolutely. lettuce would work that well. I have to tell you, we have herbs right now and you know, we all, usually always grow herbs. It's just one of the things, but we're using them. Like we're being more conscious because we are home and we're cooking more. Like Sammy made this, do you say bechamel? How do you say that sauce? Bechamel? I think it's bechamel. Bechamel? I don't know. But sun-dried tomatoes, milk. And she got fresh parsley out of our herb garden. She got fresh basil out of our herb nice. garden. Um, yeah, so she was, it was so cute. And uh, she rocked it. Like, it was amazing. And um, it was, yeah, it was delightful to be able to run out. And she was so excited to be able to like, oh, we have fresh parsley. And ran out and, you know, chopped it all up. And yeah. It was, it was I have something growing wild in my garden, which, you know, is largely wild anyway, um, that uh, I thought might be ramps, but it's not ramps. It's just wild garlic. And I've been using that on everything. It works if you need chives or green onions. You should use it. It's really good. I mean, it okay. replaces um, garlic. It replaces green onions. It's nice. I saw some the other day in my yard and I was like, I think that's wild garlic. I have some pumpkins growing in my compost pile. I have already? compost piles and I, and one of them has pumpkins already in it. I have squash that's coming up and blooming. And then I have some kale and some arugula and I have some beans coming up. And um, a friend of mine, uh, my friend Eleanor, who's in her 80s, she grows um, popcorn corn. Isn't that cool? I've never heard of that before. It's like a special, um, she's supposed to- It's a type it. of corn? It's a type of corn. It's like a dwarf popcorn corn. So she said it only comes up to about her waist and, um, and you have to dry the ears real good, but then you can have popcorn. She said it's smaller than like what you get in the store, but she's been growing her own popcorn for a couple of years. That's just where I always- I always run into the issue with um, like something sounds like fun to grow, but then it ends up costing 10 times more than if you just went right. to the store and bought it. Right. So yeah, I'd be interested to hear what it costs to have your own homegrown popcorn that you have to dry for my. I do think the fresh herbs and the fresh lettuce are one of those. It's oh, 100%. Because yeah. we spend so much for it in store and it's so much better for us if we can just. And it has to it travel and be refrigerated. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I'm with you. I did plant tomatoes and um, what I pea beans. I think I planted. Who knows what I planted? I didn't really <laughs> do a great job of labeling this year, so it will be it will be a scavenger hunt. It'll hey, be fun. Yeah. It'll be it'll be yeah. It'll be a summer of discovery. It'll be nice. 
Well, I have so enjoyed our talk, my friend. Thank you. Can we dive into the things we could talk about? Was there anything else that we missed that we were like, oh, we really need to talk about that? Um, just a quick short out, uh, shout out to my friends that I am texting with 100% of the time during the day because we're all three fired at the same time uh, who listen to this podcast. So Woo-woo, we have listeners. <laughs> we have fans. Yes. Love it. And I'm sorry you guys are going through this. So it's all good. Keep breathing. Keep stretching. Oh, I wanted to read you my poem. Can I read the poem? So oh, yeah, go ahead. Close. Okay. Hang yeah. on. Oh, hang on. Let me not minimize because we don't want to do that. We don't want to end the podcast early. We just want to be able to read. Here we go. So this is from the I Am Project. And um, this is my pandemic and quarantine version. I am from the container garden on the back patio and the raised bed in the yard. From Clorox bleach wipes, fabuloso, and tostada tortilla chips. I am from the tall white and green house with the wide and skinny front porch, currently covered in yellow pollen. I am from the amaryllis bulbs, red, beautifully blooming, transplanted from my late nanny's farm. I am from 2000 piece jigsaw puzzles and competitive laughter from my daughters, Alex and Sammy, from it's past time to wake up and go outside and soak up the sun. I'm from the labyrinth at sunrise and backyard fires at night. I'm originally from Texas, but quarantined in Duluth, Georgia, four four states away. From Tex-Mex tacos, good gravy, and gluten-free air fried chicken. From the mask and glove covered husband who goes out into the CDC to install, teach people how to use, and repair the scientific machines that may get us through this disease. From the senior in high school who is resilient, yet still crying over so many losses, including prom, senior shows, and graduation. She turns 18 next week. I am from the selfies, the flower photos, and the funny memes we are storing in the cloud as they bring us joy, laughter, and hope during this time of the pandemic. Nice. Very nice. Thanks. You can find that um, at the I Am uh, Project. Let me give you the website on that so folks can do it. And I'll put a link to it. because On our can, Facebook page. Yeah, I'll put it on the Facebook page because what you can do is do your own. They have a, um, they have a template that you can write from. And cool. it is the IamFromProject.com is what it's at. And um, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's fun. And it's, I've done it three times now, which is also fun to, to kind of get snippets of where you are like Like a snapshot of your life at that time yep well I've written it um I've written it just once off the top and then I wrote it once when I was in Texas which was very interesting because it had a different flavor when I was actually at Mm -hmm. home and then I wrote this one and I specifically kept it to this time period with the pandemic because I wanted to kind of capture what is what is this moment so yeah all right my friends See you next time. Appreciate you. Stay safe. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Woman feels her power when her voice is being heard. A woman feels her power when her voice This has been the Incremental Steps Podcast. Our theme music is A Woman Feels Her Power. Big thanks to Karen Drucker for letting us use it. Visit incrementalstepspodcast.com for all kinds of great information. We would love to hear from you.